Greetings, glorious beings. I'm Paulette, your host of Thriving in Chaos, the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce you to sparkling examples of inspiring, powerful, wise, and trailblazing women. I've curated experts in their fields to help us all listen, learn, and grow towards all the possibilities of living your best life. As a certified divorce coach, I regularly witness a range of deep emotions. What those emotions have taught me is all we really need to support our sisters is to share our knowledge and loving kindness. Please subscribe and thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. Now let's thrive in the chaos. Welcome to Thriving in Chaos. I am Paulette, your host, and today I have a very dear friend and expert on the show. You will want to take notes, you will want to listen, you're going to learn a lot. So welcome Maureen Spencer. She is a expert in yoga, energy medicine, infectious disease, and so many more things that I would take up 10 minutes just rattling off her resume. So I'm going to let Maureen explain her journey for you. So welcome to Thriving in Chaos, Maureen. Thank you, Paulette. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I just want to tell everybody that Maureen and I have known each other both personally, professionally, yeah. and really as sort of a guru, teacher-student mentor relationship. I reached out to Maureen many years ago when I was first battling with being in a very confusing relationship. Um, my marriage felt empty. I was overwhelmed. I knew that my life being a dance teacher wasn't really fulfilling anymore. I loved being a mother, adored my children, but I knew that my marriage was suffering and I found yoga. And mm. I practiced extensively, but I'm a, as Maureen knows, a constant learner. I never stopped learning, I never stopped studying, I never stopped reaching out and really diving deep into educating myself as much as possible uh, before I uh, delve into something. So I really wanted to study yoga from a philosophy, you know, energy, um, as well as holistic approach and not just asana. Because mm -hmm. I stupidly, <laughs> is that even a word? Thought that <laughs> yoga was just sitting in, in Sukhasana, um, keeping my shoulders open, tucking my chin down, breathing and, and going through a series of postures between 45 minutes and hour, hour 15. And then the whole journey of hot heated power yoga came in and I obsessed about that. And then I obsessed about 15 other styles of asana, but it wasn't really until I took my first teacher training with you, my dear, in 2006, which is hard to believe wow. that that was 14 years ago yeah. that I learned that I was so mistaken. Wow. Uh, That's far so back, huh? <laughs> I know we're both like both kind of nodding uh, our head. Like at 14 yeah. years ago, we met. I, there's probably more like 15 years ago because I did my research and contemplated who am I going to study with? Who really knows what they're talking about? Who's an expert? And everywhere I went, your name just flew around and I dug in deep. So, um, that's my story and how I met you. And then um, tell everybody your story. How did you find yeah. yoga? And how did you integrate your passion for medicine and becoming a registered nurse 
take you to where you are now as a consultant mm -hmm. for businesses in infectious disease control. We have so much to talk about because of the coronavirus that is buzzing around and mm. we'll get really clear on what is that and why it's a powerful concern and the impact that that may or may not have. So can you right. support us, Maureen, on your journey as a young woman in Abington, Massachusetts? Um, although you grew up in Boston and Southie, right? Right, I was born in Southie, yeah. And yeah, and then we moved to Dorchester where you know a lot of people, um, moved out of South Boston to get home. So that's why we ended up in Dorchester. But yeah, I actually have a chapter in a book uh, called Yoga in America. And it's, uh, you know, they had like 300 submissions and then selected so many chapters and mine got selected. But mine was um, how yoga saved my life. <laughs> and so it kind of chronicles the, my introduction to yoga was fascinating back in 1968 because I've just retired. I'm just turning 67 next year. Uh, I mean, next week. And so back in when I was 15 years old, I, I was so lost, you know, and you're this teenager and I'm the oldest of 13 children. My life was chaos. I mean, it was just insane, that house. Even though we had seven bedrooms, it was only one bathroom. You know, it was just a crazy way to grow up. And so I picked up my mother's magazine, uh, Women's Day magazine, and there was an article about yoga. And all I remember was the word mind control. And so I took the magazine and went up to my room and every day after school, I would do the postures that were in the, in the magazine. And then I finally bought a book called Lilius Yoga and You, and she was on PBS, uh, Lilius um, Yoga. And I started to do that. And Richard Hittleman was one of the other first books that came out. And within three weeks, I lost 25 pounds. I became an A student. I was reading Albert you know, uh, Aldo Huxley and um, I mean, Albert Camus and all these really, you know, far out books and people are like, what happened? My parents thought I was on drugs, actually. But, you know, they could see that there's something had changed dramatically. Well, at the same time, interestingly enough, my one of my best friends in high school said, are you looking for a job um, better than what you're doing? I was working in a nursing home taking care of patients. And so she said, this is a microbiology job over at Boston City Hospital. And they're looking for planters. So you take the specimens and you put them on the plates and do gram stains and all this little technical stuff. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And that was then at the same time, I'm introduced to infection control and I'm in introduced to yoga. And so my entire career, all through high school, I worked in that laboratory, all through nursing school. I went to Labore in Dorchester um, at Kearney Hospital. And when I was 20, the administrator called me up and said, would you be our infection control nurse? We hear that you know organisms and you know nursing. So I literally stepped out of nursing school right into this very specialized field of what's called hospital epidemiology, where we study the things that happen to people in hospitals, because it's not just infection sometimes, it can be um, air contamination, mold mitigation, you know, water intrusions. I mean, there's just construction projects. There's a lot that we get involved with, not just um, infections. So I started teaching yoga at Kearney Hospital for the community. They let me have a yoga class. And so that was there for seven years. And I went to uh, the VA in West Roxbury. And uh, same thing, infection control. And I taught yoga for the employees. And then I got to Mass General Hospital as the director there. And I, same thing, <laughs> did um, yoga uh, for the employee program. <clears throat> and uh, I was the director of infection control. But in 1990, 
I went to this conference in Boston. There were over 700 people there. And at that conference was Deepak Chopra, John Kabat-Zinn, um, Norman Cousins was alive, Kubler-Ross. I mean, big names, uh, you know, Joan Borsenko in the field of mind-body medicine. And I was blown away by what I learned. And I went back to Mass General and I said, could we set up a mind-body medicine group, just a, a lunchtime uh, committee of people that you've got a golf league and you've got a tennis league, can I have a mind-body group? Mm. And the head of HR said, yeah, I'd be fascinating to go to it too and learn. So I started to book these speakers and I didn't have any money. I just, you know, they wanted to come to Mass General and say that they presented there. So we had, went through the alphabet, um, acupuncture, biofeedback, chiropractic, Chinese medicine, dowsing, gutted imagery, <laughs> so on and so forth. And when we get up to the R's, um, this woman called me from the MRI department. She said, I'm an MRI tech, but I do what's called Reiki. And I said to her, well, what is Reiki? And she said, uh, it's you work with universal life force. You should understand that you're a yoga teacher. And I said, yes, and the chakras and so forth. She said, I said, well, what do you do? And she said, it's the laying of the hands. And Paulette, I'll tell you, my body went into this fight or flight response. I froze. Because that concept, when she said that, I'll lay your hands on you, <laughs> went back to my childhood PTSD of living in a house with 13 children that constantly, you know, in those days, they did hit us. You know, there was a lot of corporal punishment kind of a thing. So I kind of pushed her away. I just didn't want to surrender. And then finally, one day, I said, I'm going to go try it. And I went down to her house and got on the table, and it changed my life. I just, for the first time, felt something I just can't even explain, which which now I know is experiencing God. I mean, something that G generates, O organizes, and D delivers. So generates, organizes, delivers loving light. And I felt so peaceful. I self felt so loved for the first time in my life from this strange woman. I mean, it literally changed my life. So I started to, I got trained in Reiki, in Reiki in 1993, and we started to teach it at Mass General. So we integrated, we had yoga classes and and we had a mind-body medicine group. So I had a kind of a career that you'd never be able to, you know, duplicate. And then I went on to have a television show, a mind-body yoga on Heron Cable. And I did a complimentary therapy show where I interviewed practitioners. So in those years, I did quite a bit um, that related to the integration. Because when you get infected, it's your immune systems down. These viruses, like the coronavirus or the flu, or, or multiple drug-resistant organisms only take take advantage of you when you're in an immunocompromised state. And going through divorce will put you in that state. Um, if you look into the field of mind-body medicine called psychoneuroimmunology, the, the evidence is there, research that nails it, shows you that every negative thought, any marital discourse, any control, you know, control freaks and suffocating the spirit, will start to deplete the immune system. And people start not just get infections, get cancer, because that's another one that will grow in these kinds of environments. Um, when you're under a lot of stress, you get acidic. Your body starts to shift its pH into acid. And you, you breathe less, if you think about it. You're angry, you're depressed, depressed, they're pushing down into your body. <laughs> you're, you're frightened, you're anxious. And so the immune system can't work as well. And so what happens is the lack of oxygen in the body and acidity is the perfect environment for both cancer and for infections. We know that in the oncology community. Uh, decreased oxygen in your body plus acidity is what they feed off of. So I've just learned so much, um, you know, doing this whole journey starting as a 15-year-old to 67 where I still do yoga every day. 
Um, I'm down in Florida right now, as I told you, with my boyfriend, and we go down to this dock and we do yoga on the dock, just using kind of the side of the railing. Uh, you know, at this point, it's hard for us to get up and down on the ground anymore. So we go to the picnic benches and then we finish the practice there. So yeah, it's just something I do every day. I align myself with the universe. Um, that's what it is. It's a sacred geometric communication system to God. That's what asana is uh, based on, you know, platonic solids and sacred geometry. Um, so I've been trying to get this integrated more into healthcare. Um, I did it at New England Baptist Hospital in Boston. That was my last place I worked um, in infection control as an infection control nurse. They actually let me um, teach it. And so I was teaching Reiki every single week. And we had thousands of nurses. We had some surgeons. We had a lot of physical therapists. And we saw a dramatic change in patients as a result of Reiki. So um, that's just kind of where I am today. I'm just going to continue to teach the Reiki. I maybe someday we'll do a chair yoga class once I kind of get my life a little bit in order. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of still work because I'm, I'm lecturing quite a bit. I go around the country and in international work, especially over in Asia, where we teach about the prevention of uh, infections and surgery. That's a big need over there. Uh, they have very high infection rates in different countries over in Asia. So more of my focus right now is just trying to get that business up and running and then continue to do the Reiki. So, yeah, and I've been divorced twice, so I know what this whole divorce situation is <laughs> that you're working with now, which I think is, is really great. So many women do need your kind, of, your kind of coaching and understanding of steps you need to consider so that you can get through it. Um, effortlessly. I, both of my divorces uh, cost us, my first one was $300, the second one was $500. We did a, a mediator and I would not fight with him. I, we just 50-50, it's half yours. I just went in with such a different attitude and everything was like, just let's take care of these children. We created them, we need to care for them. So you can do it, if you, but you have to stay emotionally stable. You have to be emotionally intelligent to go through it and do a lot of surrendering of ego. <laughs> so the yoga helped me, to be honest with you, going navigating through that. I got married when I was 20, right out of nursing school. We all got married back then when we were 20. Mm. The thought of living on your own as a young 20-year-old, that was unheard of. And I couldn't go back to the house because my mother had already taken my bedroom off for someone else. So, <laughs> you know, we get married and after, you know, 10 years, you change. I mean, that's the other thing with yoga it changes you constantly, um, the way you see the universe and the world. And so you outgrow each other. You just don't resonate anymore, especially if, if the man or the woman is, is staying in this kind of a stable state of not really expanding their consciousness and their ego and you know, surrendering the ego and getting a little bit more enlightened. It's very hard. You saw that in teacher training. I would say to people, please, in the next six, seven months, do not do anything. Don't change anything because you're going to change so much. You'll understand it once the course is over, whether you still want to be with that person or, or not. Because um, within a month or two, everybody was like, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> I want to get out of this marriage. And so we would try to sculpt them, I called it, sculpting you to be who you really are, who you were when you were born. Mm -hmm. And not defined by having a label that I am Mrs. So-and-so, or this is, I am his, he's my husband, my, my, that's my husband, that's my wife, and that ownership, um, just to be two free spirits that happen to, like, just resonate with each other, you know. 
like do, you and like you and your husband do. <laughs> you, That's you exactly what happened to me. Yeah, um, I know. I kind of went through some of it with you. <laughs> I remember, um, you know, at first, and I think um, so. That was fascinating, and you you just brilliantly went through your life and and how the the marriage, pardon the pun, of your passion for mm. yoga, mind body connection energy, the connection that you felt to generating, organizing, and delivering all of that yeah. as a connection to God. But then your, your genius with medicine and um, really understanding the biology uh, that also integrates with the methodology and the philosophy of all of it coming together in a lifestyle that is really all about optimal wellness and optimal mm. health. So now you are, you know, semi-retired and starting a new business. And listen, ladies, did you hear that? 67 starting a new <laughs> business. So, oh, yes. you know, all of those women that are 45 plus, 50 plus, and are feeling stuck, they're I hate to use the word trapped, but I'm just going to use it, trapped in a relationship where they feel that they have perhaps outgrown or they feel like their partner isn't growing with them, that they're not in alignment with each other and that they're living parallel <coughs> lives or even staying together for the children. Yeah. The, um, which I do seem as a, do see as a whole nother epidemic. Like there's so many people that just stay because it's obligation, religious, um, right. doctrine, or any other fear. Finances, yeah. Finances, yeah. judgment, stigma, et cetera, et cetera. And the fear of staying as change is greater than the uncomfortable feeling or the fear of just being in a dead relationship. But when they get start to get sick or they start to get anxiety or depression or you know autoimmune diseases or I could keep going, mm, heart yeah. disease, right? And yeah. they're thinking, well, it's just because I eat bacon or it's just because I drink soda. But I see it as so much more than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When somebody gets breast cancer, first thing I ask them is, is it your right or your left breast? They say it's their right, <clears throat> the right breast. I say, uh, are you just going through a divorce? Did you lose your father or, or somebody, a male very close to you? Or do you have a male child that's very sick, say a drug addict or somebody undergoing a serious health condition? They always look at me going, how did you know? And it's because the right side of your body is what we call it male in the sense that it does all this work. We've got the liver over there detoxifying our body. We've got the ascending and descending um, vena cava coming into the right side of the lung. We've got three lobes on the right because we're taking in deoxygenated blood and oxygenated it. We have the colon coming up the right with the material that's still being nutrients taken out. And then the left, the female side is the nurturer. She, we have the aorta. It sends out oxygenated blood. We have the descending colon. It lets everything go. We only have two lobes in the left side of the lungs. I mean, the body is set up energetically go clockwise. And so what happens is when you are undergoing a lot of male stuff, the right side is going to get, you know, affected. And there are meridians that run your, your middle finger. Do you ever wonder why we flip our middle finger when we're angry? Why is it not the first finger? Well, we point the first finger when we're judging somebody, we're throwing our crap in their face, right? And the middle finger, we flip it when we're angry. Well, that is the heart meridian. 
So that comes up right to the side of your breast in Chinese medicine is where it lands. The thumb is your lungs. It comes right up to your shoulder. So if somebody said to me, I have bursitis. Uh, which shoulder, right or left? It's my left. What woman do you want to punch in the face? Who are you holding back your anger? And it's and you're holding your breath. <laughs> and I've done over 14,000 healings in my, you know, seven years that I had the yoga studio. Um, I, you know, got laid off from Mass General when they merged with the Brigham. And they, about 22 nurse directors got hit, including me. So here I am faced with four children. I am divorced. And I'm like, got two mortgages. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because nobody could hire me. My job is so specialized. It's very hard to find something at that level. So I go to this outplacement service. And he said, well, what else do you do? And I said, well, I teach yoga at the Weymouth Club. And I teach Reiki. And he said, can you do something with that? Uh, I said, you know, I've always wanted to open a yoga studio my whole life. Since I was 15, I had a dream of having a studio. So he said, well, let's go at it. I'll put you in the entrepreneur group. And so I learned all about business. I even went to the Small Business Administration. I took as many classes as I could to learn about, you know, the different structures, sole proprietor versus, you know, a corporation. I, I learned about the taxes and, you know, the 1099s and the, you know, Schedule C and all that you're going to know about running a business. And I took my retirement money out and thought, what the heck do I have to sit on that waiting until I'm, you know, 60 or 70 when I need it now. So I took it out, opened the studio, and as you know, it was a huge success. Huge. So I would see anywhere from 30 to 40 clients a week. I taught nine yoga classes. I had three teacher trainings going at once, and I made, you know, some good money there coming in to support my children, my house, and the studio. So that lasted seven years. And then I knew it was time to get back into healthcare to bring the teachings in. I thought they have to know about this. And that's how I ended up at the Baptist. I closed the studio down. But when I did those 14,000 healings, someday I am going to write a book on the metaphor, you know, the symbology of dis-ease. I am not at ease with myself. Healthcare is missing the boat big time. They look at your structure and they're just taking care of the muscles or the organs they're never asking you what i just said so tell me about your life what's going on with men in your life you know your right side of your body is is affected um you know the left side would be any females going on did you lose your mother you know things like that so it's it's been an interesting journey to watch people heal so quickly when you bring the subconscious mind things from the buried in what we used to call the pandora box and you bring it up and go aha oh, that has to do with this for my childhood or this is what's going on in my life right now. And okay, now this is what you can do. Movement, yoga, getting aligned with the universe, meditation, shut the computer off, quiet your mind, breathe. I mean, just get some breathing, you know, and then contemplation, looking back and just reflecting on things, but moving forward, not letting the past be the past because you can't change it. It's what happens. You just have to keep moving yourself forward um, and shifting your energy. So that's what my studio was. I had yoga classes, meditation groups, and energy work. Um, and it works. I've seen it. I've seen people with cancer. It just disappears like within a few months. And I had so many cases. And you got to remember, they don't go back to healthcare. So healthcare doesn't see that. These people leave the system because they're healthy. And so that's what, what's missing in healthcare. And I think at the Baptist, New England Baptist, which is an orthopedic hospital in Boston, they saw it firsthand that postoperatively, if people got Reiki pre-op and pre-op holding, in the OR, some of them got it because I train OR nurses, and especially post-op, 
to get them back in their body from anesthesia. And then the nursing units, we have decreased swelling, pain, and bleeding. And they saw firsthand those results at that hospital. And uh, as you know, Paula, at the Brigham Children's BI, all the hospitals in Boston have big volunteer programs now for Reiki. Um, some of them, they just want you to do the Reiki on the employees. And some of them, because they figure if the employees are calm and they're feeling good, then their patients are going to feel good. And then others like the Brigham program, they actually go out per request of a patient wants some Reiki, they will actually go out and do the healings. Um, and what they're doing is boosting the immune system because they're quieting down their stress level, making them feel like I did safe and, and loved. And that boosts the immune system dramatically. So it's, um, it's the time I, I see within 20 years, this is my feeling, I might not be around to see this, but what we call traditional healthcare right now will be the alternative. And the insurance companies will more and more get into the prevention arm of it and start to support um, all of these other kinds of therapies as being mainstream medicine. And we will cut down all the surgery and the drugs and look at the opioid outbreak alone, what that's caused. And that's what's shifting insurance companies to look more at complementary therapies for people that have had ad addictions, opioid addictions. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a shift in the future. So I always tell people, if you get into this field right now, you're going to be in the right place at the right time <laughs> down the road. <laughs> well, you must have read my mind because my question for you is what's broken in the healthcare system oh, yeah. and just... what is the future of healthcare? And yeah. I think you just answered the question. Well, the medical students are learning it now. That's the good, the good thing is you've got to start young. You know, some of the older surgeons, I saw that even at the Baptist, they're set in their way and some of them think that what we're doing is woo-woo stuff, they say, and has no evidence. Well, they don't read that research. They don't read the Journal of Complementary Therapies or see what NIH is doing. Uh, they have a whole branch on complementary and alternative therapies. So that's, it's just lack of knowledge, what we call in yoga vid, uh, avidya. <laughs> you just have a lack of knowledge. You don't understand because nobody has taught you. So I had quite a force of them that were on my side, but then I had some that just did not want us to touch any of their patients. They thought it was ridiculous and, you know, kind of fought us and we're like, fine, you know, no problem. You know, we're here for the ones that want to receive it. And they, they could see that they were getting better. You know, the doctors would kind of talk. My patients get out earlier. My patients are easier to hand, handle, especially in spine. That's going to be one of the most painful surgeries there is to have spine surgery. Um, and a lot of those patients do unfortunately end up being, uh, get addicted to medications. Like for instance, I, I go to a clinic up in New Hampshire called the AIM Clinic. And I have shockwave therapy and laser treatments done on a rotator cuff um, injury that I had in October where I went to the surgeon. He said, you need a complete total shoulder replacement. I said, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> I, just, I said, how long can I, you know, wait till I have this? And he says, well, the tissue will get, you know, worse and worse if you don't get it done. So I started to go to this clinic and the shockwave opens up the fascia and starts to release that, that constricted fascia from an injury. And it starts, the laser starts heating the area up and starts to produce healing mechanisms. Oh my gosh, my, my arm is so good right now. I, I have no pain. I can lift it up over my head. I... No, so I'm just going to not have the surgery. I mean, I'm just going to continue these complementary things. They actually have a clinic down here in Florida uh, that I can go to up in Clearwater. So that's the thing. They don't understand. My doctor is always looking at me going, you know, for somebody your age, no, I'm not any medications and all this stuff that you do. I, I've just learned from you every time you come in. I'm mesmerized. But she can't really do it. She can't recommend it because it's not part of traditional medicine. Right. They, they can't recommend it. 
that's the that's the problem that they're, they're they can't even recommend medical marijuana. Yeah. That's part of the part. You have to go to an actual addiction specialist in Massachusetts to get a license. Well, a regular doctor cannot tell you anything about it. They're not allowed. So mm -hmm. we it, it's just going to take time as more and more patients demand. Um, this kind of care versus, you know, the answer is always surgery and, and drugs. You know, it seems to be the two things that make the money for healthcare. Right. So that's why they push in that direction. Right. So I don't know. So uh, do you feel like there's um, hmm, an awakening of the healthcare system to yes. slowly integrate this? Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, awakening. There's more and more um, physicians like, like her who's seeing, you know, clients coming in who are trying non-traditional, non-surgical approaches to handle their, quote, disease. I mean, sometimes something happens like you need to have a hip replacement. You need to have certain medications. Like integrative means do the two together. So when patients or clients would come to the yoga studio and they'd be on all these medications, <clears throat> I'd say, you know, stop the practice, start getting back in touch with yourself, opening up constricted areas in your body, breathe better, reduce your stress levels, uh, get some love, get some energy work and feel loved. And in about three months, go back to your doctor and say, do I really need these meds? Can I cut down on some of these? Yeah. Um, and it, it works. I have seen people get like off almost all their meds, you know, and they could have had five or six meds that they were on, which by the way, all interact with each other. And yeah. a lot of the side effects are because a drug will have its intent to go and, and do a particular thing with receptors to a particular organ. But the problem is there are other receptors that other organs can get damaged, like antibiotics. If you don't need to take an antibiotic, do not take it. Absolutely, they got to be one of the most deadly things there are, especially one called Cipro, where you can, you, it can affect your Achilles tendons. It can have problems with your mitochondria in your cells. So you get exhausted and depressed. You get, oh my gosh, it's... It's one of the drugs I would absolutely refuse to take. But if I do have to take an antibiotic, I then start to take more greens. I go out and I'm already taking something called Chlorofresh. I take that every twice a day uh, to alkalinize my body. But I would then start to get more greens and salads and say broccoli and spinach in the diet so that you're, you're getting more of the what you call a probiotic, a natural probiotic back in the body to seed the colon once these antibiotics wipe out the microbiome, they can be overgrown by resistant organisms or cause something called uh, Clostridium difficile um, and have this horrible colitis diarrhea situation from the antibiotics. So that's the kind of thing that we need to start to work with is if a doctor puts them on the antibiotic, then they should be also giving them handing out an instruction like that mm -hmm. of how naturally you want to keep your good flora while this this antibiotic is going to go to that sinus infection or that pneumonia that you have or skin infection, but let's not wipe out the good stuff that's there for health. Um, it, it, that's what's missing, in my opinion. There's just, until we get a good integrative approach, um, we're going to still have the system that we have where they're just limited in what they can do and what they can say. Hmm. Well, you bring up a good point about how when the uh, energy is low and you're feeling a lot of negativity mm. that your immune system is shocked or not as resistant. And is this what's happening with these um, viruses? So what is the sure. virus? And I'll tell you what I think all of them, this, this, what's happening. Um, back in 1980, 
<clears throat> have you looked at all the sugar that was consumed per American in the country? It was five pounds per year per American. Now it's over 185 pounds of sugar per American in the U.S. A lot of what happened through the 80s in the Reagan years with all the Cold War stuff with Russia, there was an embargoes that were done and we couldn't ship out the corn, get the corn out of the country. So there was just a surplus of corn. So they had to think, what are we going to do with that? Well, let's move it into the, the food source. Yeah. The other thing that came along that, about that time, remember the, when I was younger, it was just Coca-Cola, but now all these soft drinks and then Gosh, I'd go to Dunkin' Donuts. The first one was in Massachusetts, right up the street from where I live. Yeah. Um, the, and you got coffee. What do they do today? They get a drink that has a thousand calories in it with, you know, all kinds of syrup and it's got, you know, whipped cream on it. And they're, they're consuming you. I mean, it only takes 3,500 calories to gain a pound. And one of those drinks are over a thousand calories. And they drink them one, two, three times a day, hanging out at Starbucks and getting in financial debt on top of it. <laughs> I can't believe what they pay for coffee. Mm. So what has happened is sugar. You, all you have to do is um, Google sugar and immune system. Google sugar and nervous system. And I really question whether a lot of what we're seeing, the neurologic damage, the autism and others, how much of it plays a role in what's happened in our diets. You don't even know what's today if you're eating processed food anything you're going to microwave at dinner you know one of these lean cuisines or whatever they have got a lot of this processed not just salt and but sugar in it and chemicals in it and so i think over time this has just damaged us as a culture it's made the immune system much more susceptible and immunosuppressed because sugar will wipe out your immune system as well as the negative emotions so now you combine where they say desserts st spelled backwards is stressed it is actually. And so you think about it, you get stressed and you're seeking out serotonin, some of the happy hormones, uh, neuro, neuro hormones. And serotonin is the one that makes you kind of happy. Um, you go and you get sugar and it's, a, it's kind of a quick high and then you crash and then you need to get some more sugar. So it's, it's an addiction really. Mm -hmm. So what's happened in our culture is we have just all getting obese and large because even if you're trying to not eat uh, negative things, bad things, you end up having it in your food that you don't even know. That was my biggest challenge uh, traveling every week. So I, you know, just retired in December and I had just come back from three weeks on the road where I was in California, Las Vegas. I was just flying all over the place. I remember coming home at Thanksgiving thinking, I am done. I, I just can't do this anymore. And I put a two week notice and said, I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> they were shocked, but I was like, I'm just done. I want to go through the holidays and see my kids and boyfriend. And I want to be able to, you know, next year, enjoy myself as I'm getting to be 67. But the biggest challenge I had was exactly that. I remember when I took your classes on the vegan lifestyle, you, you know, you're on the road. You, you don't know what you're eating. You have no idea what they're bringing out to you, what they put in it, what kind of additives and sugars and chemicals and so forth. So right now I am in heaven. I've uh, just already lost five pounds down here in Florida in two weeks eating so healthy um, it's, it's just been great. You know, that's the other thing is getting a control of what, what you put in is what manifests on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do what they call the dry January where you just stop all alcohol for the month of January and just let your body detox. Yeah. And, um, what a difference, you know, once you do it, um, and how you feel in the morning, you know, there are a lot of women that are alcoholics, uh, that drink two to three glasses of wine a night every night and it just seems like that's just our martini you know that's just the way we we all relax now we get home we grab our bottle of wine and we get make a martini and and they're they're actually alcoholics 
um, it's, it's becoming a big problem um, being recognized because, you know, a lot of times when people go through menopause, I would say it's we pause for men. You finally take a break, you know, in your late 40s to early 50s is when most women go through menopause. But a lot of women find it the uh, hormones, you know, that agitation you can feel and your nervous system feels like it's on fire and you're having those night sweats. And But your body's changing. It's getting ready to say, there's no more kids. You don't have to make any more children. This is your time. Pause for men. Your 50s are the best. Oh, my God. And my 60s even are best. I can't, you know, even so every 10 years, it's just a different shift mm -hmm. um, in consciousness. If you look at it that way, and I did the natural approach to menopause. I did um, the black cohosh. I did the, um, the, one of the best things to take is called Vitex, V-I-T-E-X, for perimenopause as well as for PMS. That's like the number one treatment in Germany and Ireland and, you know, England for women going through um, PMS and also going through perimenopause or menopause. They use chase tree berry. It's an herb. You can get it on Amazon. And you take that 20 drops under your tongue every morning and you can just segue right through. It will just kind of normalize your hormones. So again, we should be having these kinds of classes. I used to have them in my yoga studio when I had it. I did as many of these kinds of way you know lectures and workshops with with skilled teachers to to show another way to tackle something mm -hmm. rather than just think oh i got to go get some you know estrogen from my doctor i got to go get some uh, zoloff or whatever prozac because i'm depressed mm -hmm. it it's just amazing to hear people the minute they have a symptom that they think i, I need a drug for that you know that's just the way we've we've gotten so cultured to that on television when you see every other commercial as a is a drug uh, for you get lost. And then of course those side effects, you're like, uh, do I really want to take that? <laughs> All those side effects they have. Yeah. So, it mm. was um, fascinating uh, to see my mother in her last year of life when I would bring her to the doctor for her appointments. Yeah. Of course the question would be, you know, what medications are you on? I had to go in with the list because yep. there were so many more. Yep. Yep. I, I'm not exaggerating. She was on approximately 20 medications. Yeah. Now, Same. a couple of them were needed for kidney disease. Yep. And, and yep. you know, not to say that medication is bad because it's not, but it's overprescribed. And the, the complications and the contraindications and the risks are not normally worth the benefits. Uh, no, I, I had to do that with my mother. She just moved into my condo complex and we have... Um, we have care attendants coming in twice a day. Okay. And rather than put her in extended care, um, what's called a assisted living, um, this, was, this was just so much nicer to have her there in our condo. Well, I went to the doctor with her and I went and pulled all of them up, pulled up all the side effects and did a big graph, an Excel file, <laughs> just like an epidemiologist. And, and she was having this horrible skin reaction, you know, just beefy red rash all over her body. And I went into him and said, look, at every side effect has skin rashes. You know, the antibiotic, you've got her on this, you've got her on this. And some of them she needed, you know, for say, AFib or things like that. I said, we need to cut the stuff down. So he did, got us a great cream to put on her and even gave her some pain meds. Just, I mean, she's 87 and she was in horrible pain trying to get up. She is like a new person. Mm. Just pulling back some of those drugs that were, they just leave them. They don't think about like, does she really need this? This right. was something that happened to her 10 years ago. Do I really need to continue to subscribe this and, and have it in her pill pack? Yeah. You, know, you remember, they make a lot of money, these pharmaceutical <laughs> firms off the drugs. So part of, I think, when you're going through a divorce, you're, you're 
you separate D means divide. We're going to divide from somebody. I'm taking my energy back. I'm going to get back to be whole, holistic. I'm going to be a holy spirit. That's what that means. I have my whole breath because the word spirit means to breathe. Take your whole breath back. Part of that should be looking at this whole list of things. I mean, I know you've got like in your coaching, you've got, you go, there's so much getting divorced that you have to consider with child support and, you know, visitations and property and all that. But um, also remember to look at, do I need these drugs that I was on because I was in this state, this crazy state I was in, in a not a healthy relationship. Maybe I don't need the, those, those depressants or anxiety drugs anymore. Um, what was I eating? Do I need to make that big meal that he liked with the potatoes and the, you know, uh, every single night having you know, a big piece of steak and potato, whatever and start to redesign yourself, you know, and that's why coaching and getting somebody to help you um, is so good. I had a coach, a life coach when I had the studio and she would come every month and she was like this little, I used to feel like she had a pin cushion. She just kept sticking at me. Well, what did you do this month? Did you reach your goals? Let me see your goals. It was really great. At the time, sometimes I was like, I wasn't just ready for the session. <laughs> so, and then I had a marketing coach. I had a business coach to run my business. And a lot of times I bartered. I'm like, I'll do an energy session on you if we can do some coaching. You know, there's just ways that you can help one another. Um, but yeah, think about that when you're going through a divorce to completely redesign yourself. I remember when I got divorced at 40, my second marriage, I'd gone to Al-Anon because he had a drinking problem. And I it wasn't so much, I went to understand him. I came out understanding me, what my problem was. I was a codependent. So I started to read Melody Beattie's books and, you know, about codependent, no more. I went on YouTube and watched her videos. And I really understood from being a little girl, taking care of all those brothers and sisters and, you know, having in my family lineage, alcoholism, I just recreated the whole thing in my marriage. He was like a, 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 piece of piece in a, a chess game I used to say it wasn't his fault I just selected him because he made sense to plug it back into what was natural to me so when I unplugged I remember I took balloons I went out uh, somebody gave me balloons for my birthday and I tied them to the bedpost <laughs> I had these balloons on my bedpost lying there in bed and it just felt so free as scared as I was of how I was going to manage with four kids and a big house and all that. I just remember lying there in the bed and I thought, this is it. This is the beginning of my life. I'm finally going to figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. And I started to do all kinds of, you know, the energy work and yoga, you know, teaching more. I started teaching in 93 and I got, that's when I got separated in 92, 93. Mm -hmm. So I started to teach at the Weymouth club. It, just find something that will get your, you back, you know, like who you are and, take your power back as we call it but it really is keep saying the word i want my holy spirit i want my whole breath back because we get lost in these relationships haven't you ever seen like people that are together for a long long time like say 50 60 70 years it's not uncommon within a very short period of time after one dies that the other one dies gets cancer or something happens to them because they were so enmeshed their energy fields were so like one that when one leaves the void is so destructive for the other person mm -hmm. and that's why even no matter you've got to have your own lives even though you resonate together as a couple you've got to have your own interest in your own life you know that's important too when you're going through that to try to get some activities that are just for you um mm -hmm. but yeah <laughs> oh, do it all over again <clears throat> i know what we know now 
<laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know, I was fortunate. I think the rate, the yoga is what got me. It helped me get through when we first, the first marriage, which when I was 20, I just stayed to put him through um, anesthesia school. I made a, a deal with him that I'll, I'll stay until you're done with school because it took many years for him to get through um, anesthesia school. And then as soon as he was done, I remember just packing up. My, my son was uh, maybe about two. And mm -hmm. I said to him, I can't do this anymore. It was New Year's. And I looked at him and I said, I'm done. I'm leaving. And he's like, what? I'm, I am leaving. I can't do this anymore. I can't take another year of this way of living. So I packed up my stuff in my car, I'll never forget it, and drove to my sister's and she let me sleep in her attic. She had a room in the attic with a bed. And my son and I stayed there for maybe about two months. And then I got, a, I rented a condo over at Weymouthport. And this is in 1980, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I just remember the, as crazy as it was, everybody thought I was out of my mind that I left this beautiful house in Duxbury and and I, it, my sanity was more important to me than anything material. Mm -hmm. And then when the negotiation started, I went 50-50, half. Half of everything is yours. Half of, half of what we have, let's just split it down the middle. And kept focusing on that. So if he said, well, I want that couch, take it, take it. <laughs> I could care less. You know, that's mm -hmm. the best mentality to have is non-attachment. Mm -hmm. You can't take it with you when you leave. And you can always replace it. And sometimes the new stuff you get is even better than what you had. Um, so I did that in the second one as well. We had a mediator and we're able to do both of the divorces for, like I said, under $500 each. Well, that's what instilled in me the passion and um, mission to not only become a certified divorce coach, yeah. but a registered mediator. I finished my mediation training and yes. I'm now a mediator as well as a coach. So yeah, you went through a lot through to yours. Um, and I know you tried to hold yourself, you know, through all that, but sometimes, yeah, you have a, a partner that's not easy to deal with. I fortunately, I was, I was able to kind of negotiate it, but some women don't. So you've learned a lot that you can share with people. Yeah, from, you know, from yours. You, you, you're lucky. Um, I know you, I am. That you, your partners were yep. willing to come to the table because you can't mediate if both people don't agree to yes. completely disclose and... Um, come to it in good faith where they're willing and able to make decisions on their behalf and not continue to, you know, um, play the, 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 the cards where they're saying, oh no, I want to negotiate, I want to mediate, but not, not be able to proceed in good faith. You've got to have both parties willing to do that. Yes, exactly. And I think some of it depends on the circumstances of why you're, you're dividing. <laughs> you know, if, if that person has cheated on you, say if the, the husband has, you know, a girlfriend or whatever, um, it, it just depends. We didn't. We were like, very lucky. Both of mine were just, we just outgrew each other and we knew it. And we just mm -hmm. wanted to have our, our freedom, both of us. I think it's harder when there's another person involved that, than that you know, that creates a lot more jealousy and heart chakra issues that come up, resentment and bitterness and all that, which is, they're devastating. Those emotions are devastating on people. They're devastating on the children. Staying together for kids is absolutely insane. Those kids will just absorb that whole way that you're modeling, role modeling for them, the way a marriage is going to be. Empty, miserable, angry, fighting, whatever. You know, it's, it, life's too short. That's the thing. You know, my youngest sister died with cancer when she was 32. That was the other amazing thing that's, that happened to me in 1993. So I, I'm 
I get separated, and then my youngest sister, 32, gets diagnosed with stage four adenocarcinoma of her stomach. And she's planning a wedding. This is the stress this, this girl was going through. Yeah. Um, planning a wedding and being a vice president of Fidelity, you know, just stress in her life. So she internalizes it all in her stomach. It was like a big, you know, furnace down there. And I just remember that whole journey. I got, just had been introduced to Reiki at, at Mass General by that uh, Ronnie Schaefer, who was the MRI tech up there. And I started to do Reiki on my sister. And, and they came out of the OR and said, she's got two months to live. Well, she lived two and a half years, got married. I, I could see the power of this, of, of this kind of work. But the one thing I, I just, in her honor, I said, if I can help anybody live one more day, that's all that girl wanted. I remember just seeing her clinging to life, which you know in yoga, one of the cliches <laughs> that we have is called clinging to life. And one of them is aversion to pain. And the other one is, you know, um, getting caught up in happiness and addiction kind of stuff, things that make you happy so you won't feel the pain. But I always feel very bad about people that are clinging to life at the end of their life and they, they're not settled. You know, I used to love to do energy work on people that were passing. It was my, I enjoyed that more than bringing babies in. I just thought, gosh, if you could just get them to be at peace and, and just take that last expiration of breath that turns back into energy, you don't die. You, you just turn back into how you came in. You took a breath in and you take a breath out and you're just a floating spiritual essence of energy that's still around. It's very, very much around people as we, we know we can see them and feel them. But anyways, that, that whole watching her made me just shift so much my perspective on life that I came here to have an experience, me. This is my spirit, my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do the best I can to make it happy. You know, yes, if you want to be on the journey with me and be part of it as, as far as a partner, great. If not, then I don't need you. Discriminate, eliminate. Get rid of anything that is not in your highest good in your life. Whether it's food, whether it's people, whether it's alcohol, whatever, get rid of it. Because that's what's going to damage your beautiful journey, spiritual journey to be here. We're only here once that we know of. I mean, people do these past life regressions, but I don't get into all that stuff. I just want to know that my life right now, like you said, I'm starting a new business at 67. Yeah, <laughs> I still go out and dance all the time and party and, you know, and, and do yoga every day. I mean, I, I live a life like a 30-year-old. I mean, it's just, it's all up in your head. It's just how you see it. But yeah, own, own your spirit back. You know, mm -hmm. keep writing down, I want my Holy Spirit, <laughs> my whole breath. <laughs> I always feel so at peace learning from you. I will continue to always do that. And how can others who have listened to this interview, this episode, this really conversation, follow you, learn about you, and work with you? What's the easiest and best way for people to know about you and how to contact you? Uh, well, I have uh, MaureenSpencer.com. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where it leads. So that's my personal, like my infection control career, but finding inner peace is the name of my company. I just remember how I got the name. There was this magazine uh, back in 1994. I picked up like a holistic kind of a, a selling products magazine. And I saw this Zafu cushion, you know, that you sit on and meditate. And around the woman was a butterfly and the butterfly was flying around and the words were finding inner peace finding inner peace all around the, this woman sitting in the lotus position. So I, I looked and I went, oh my God, what a great name for a business because you don't want to say you found it. We're, mm. we're continuing finding it. I still am finding it. 
I mean, I didn't date for seven years to clear my energy field and, you know, really like take care of myself. And yet to almost two years ago, I met this guy, Jack, mm -hmm. that is like amazing. He's just like the epitome of what I would love to have one last great relationship before my time is up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just when you take time to really better yourself and, you know, get in a different state, that's what by the law of attraction, I attracted him versus I finally got rid of not attracting alcoholics and people that I could take care of mm. that earned less than me, you know, princes and paupers that we would call it. But one of the things I learned from a guru was the thing about discriminate and eliminate. <clears throat> and he said, if you can just, it sounds heartless at times that, you know, maybe a friend that you need to shut off or a family member, shut them down, a job, shut it down, a divorce, shut it down discriminate and eliminate anything that's not in your highest good. And he said, once you start living that way, it's, you're just in the moment, you're living in the moment for you. And it's not narcissistic or selfish. It's, it is what it is. You came here to have a journey, uh, have a spiritual journey in a body. You have energy that came in and it's going to leave, but it doesn't die. It's who knows what happens afterwards. I can't really say there's some evidence that we may come back again into another being or whatever. But I just focus, like I said, I want to live in the moment. I'm very Buddhist in my approach to life. Mm -hmm. And so that's the key thing is just do yoga. Yoga yokes your mind and body. Such a, You can just go on YouTube if you don't have money, because that's one of the biggest challenges going through a divorce is the money situation and yes. health insurance and all those things. Um, they do all work out. I mean, somehow, you know, the stuff is there and there are a lot more supports these days for women, as far as, um, you know, the government or others that you can get like grants and redefine yourself. I have a friend that went to nursing school at 62 mm. and she was able to get grants because, you know, she went through a divorce and had no money and there was scholarships out there for women because right. they know that this is a big issue that they face a lot of them. And she became yeah. a nurse. <laughs> She's, you know, 69 now and doing private duty nursing down in uh, Boca Raton with this very wealthy lady and gets paid you know, so much money to just kind of take care of her. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that you can re redefine yourself and re-engineer your life. Yes. And it's yeah. all about finding inner peace. And I love yeah, That's that. exactly. That's the name of my company, findinginnerpeace.com. I love and that. And that, that takes you over to the Reiki program, the Cymatron sound healing that I work with. That's just a whole other topic. <laughs> then mm -hmm. uh, the yoga, I sell a yoga curriculum manual for schools if they're looking to set up a teacher training that can kind of give them an idea of a structure of how to set up a really good foundation to a teacher training program. Um, so that, which is the one you went through. Is Paulette. We, yeah. 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 The one that I studied with you back yeah. in 2006 oh. and did my 200 hour and six, my 500 hour with you in 2008. And then I went ahead and, you know, kept studying, yeah, know. starting my own school. And I currently am mentoring and training two uh, 500 hour teachers to become trainers and start their own. Yep. Brand. So <clears throat> everything you have taught me, Maureen, from Reiki, yeah. to sutras, to prana, to, oh, have all become a part of my DNA. And the fact that you're, you found in finding inner peace and that you saw a butterfly, my new logo for launching my new business, Better Divorce Academy, is is a butterfly and I oh, nice. it's really beautiful there's not a moment that i don't hear you in my voice and in my teachings and the things that you taught me so don't think for a minute that your students aren't listening you made a huge impact in a lot of lives and 
I know yeah. you continue to do so. So yeah, one one person at a time. It it you know that that's what I feel now. I got to pass the teachings on. Yeah. You know, as I get older, it's really about also letting go and just just pass the teachings on. So I, that's why I'm in this state. I'm, I'm trying to get my website and everything set up for infection control lectures, but I'm also trying to figure out, same as you, should I be doing podcasts? Can I do you know, a YouTube channel? There's just so many opportunities now today mm -hmm. that we didn't ha have back then that right. to be able to share our teachings. So, and that's yeah. why I created the podcast. So yeah. I yeah. more, and that's why awesome. I'm creating the online course because you know, it, it's not, I, there's only one of me, right? There's only one of you That's and right. I can't divvy myself up into sections. So, but I can create an online course so that you can work with me through the privacy of your own laptop or even your phone and just hear and study along with me in a much more affordable, private, efficient manner. Yeah. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a, you never cease to amaze me, my dear. You yeah, I see you as like one of my, my, little, my little students, my little, like a daughter, you know, that I took you on this journey, you know, on this path. I just take it so, you know, as I watch everybody from, I'm just so proud. I'm always showing people your website or Karen Paolino, who got into all the angels and, you know, different people and stuff. And it's, I'm just so proud that, because you did the work. I just facilitated you being introduced to whatever it was that was going to, except for the divorce thing, you went off, that was something new that you got into, but you did the prenatal, um, I mean, the doula, you delivered my grandchild. <laughs> I was like, I'll always be very connected to my little, you and Melina and what we went through bringing her into the world. <laughs> Well, it yeah. was a very special time. I, I yeah. honor that. You're um, a great doula. Oh my gosh, you were wonderful. All the nurses at Mass General want to hire you. They were just so impressed by you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love my work. I'm passionate about what yeah. I do, whether I'm helping women birth babies or end marriages and start yeah. careers, whatever it is that they need to discriminate and eliminate That's and right. create their highest good and continue to thrive in the chaos, right? Yep, right. Well, All right. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My honor. And reach out to Maureen. Follow her. Check out Finding Inner Peace. MaureenSpencer.com. You won't be sorry. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.